Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that whenever Reformation happens in the history of the church, things get messy. And after this past synod, and looking forward to this next synod, things are really starting to get messy in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We're dropping episodes every single Sunday evening. We also want to say thank you to everyone who sponsored us on Patreon. We're slowly making our way to our modest goal of 20 sponsors at $5 a month. So if you appreciate what we're doing and want to help us continue to put out content, head on over to patreon.com slash themessyreformation. You can also support us for free by sharing our content. I'm a terrible self-marketer and everyone knows that now, so I need your help. If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this content, let them know about the Messy Reformation. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part two of our conversation with Darren Cornelis. That's been some of the conversation leading up to Synod as well, right? People are yeah. so afraid that some of the decisions we're going to make are going to be wrong or or we're going to mess yeah. up. We don't want to make a decision, but I feel like we have to make a decision. We have to do something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to make a decision. Uh, clarity, yeah. Ambiguity does not lead to, you know, peace and unity, right? Which I think... Some people want, you know, we we need clarity. And if that's going to hurt, then yeah, then that's, that's, that's all right. Um, But we need clarity Yeah, and you gotta, you gotta make decisions. Yeah, for sure. And that of course we believe are in line with the truth of God's word and, and all that. So both of you are going to send it. Is that right? That's right. All right, right. I'll see. I'm going too, so I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll I'll be a first timer. Face. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. So what? What are your thoughts? Because I, I would, I want to just jump back, and I have, I've kind of hit this one to death, but I'll give you an opportunity to talk about it. You said, you know, clarity is important, and ambiguity never helps anybody. Um, what do you think about that? As you know, a number of people after Synod last year said, you know, we worship the idol of clarity. Um, that was some of their their rebuke of last year's Synod. Um, what do you think about that? And then how does that kind of connect with what you're seeing leading up to this upcoming Synod? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that we're worshiping the idol of clarity. Um, God's word is clear. And so let's let it speak clearly and let's submit to it as it speaks clearly. Um, so yeah, leading up to Synod and those who are, you know, 
Um, well, yeah, want to see things maybe a little bit more ambiguous, you know, like this third way, this better way. I just, I don't, I don't see how that's sustainable. I don't see how that's tenable. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you can, you can say we, we go the third way route, a better way. And as my understanding, right. That, that kind of just turns the human sexuality issue into a, into a local option. Yeah. You know, if you're, if, you know, Neil and Avenue can, can, can ordain um, an individual in a same sex marriage to a deacon and knee Kirk CRC, we just don't have to. And we'll let, we'll agree to disagree. It's like, okay. So, you know, there's this idea that, so if we have that ambiguity, we can stay together and there'll be unity. And it's seems so foolish to me because, well, my convictions are still the same. Your convictions, the other side's convictions are still the same. There's no peace. There's no unity. Um, so <laughs> like we're, we're still calling for, for people who are living lives of sexual immorality to repent. Um, and they're still saying that, 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 that that's unjust for us to do that. Um, so there's no unity in it and there's, um, it's not helpful in any way as I see it. Um, so again, I think clarity is, is very freeing. Um, and I've talked about this with, with other pastors and and colleagues and, Hey, I want clarity for my sake too. Right. Because say, say the CRC becomes open and affirming. I mean, to, to same-sex marriage and and, and this kind of gender ideology. All right. Well, that's, that's clarity. And that's good for me to know because now I know this isn't the denomination for me and I'll walk away. I mean, (laughs) I I'll have, I won't, I won't think twice about walking away, but right. There's clarity and it's freeing. And um, so, yeah, we just need clarity. And I think, Again, what's perhaps holding the other side back from acknowledging that clarity is, right, they have this, in, their, their identity is, is to some degree in, in, inseparable to the Christian Reformed Church. Um, and so they'll, they'll, fight, they'll fight for the institution at all costs. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Darren, I've said this to a few people as well. Um, part of my issue with the the third way better together people is, you know, when we say we can agree to disagree about secondary matters, non-salvific matters, but already from the get-go, we don't agree that this is a non-salvific right. matter. Right. And by by conceding that point, uh, it's it's almost like they're trying to <laughs> What we're trying to say is, no, we are not going to advance the truth by telling lies. Right. Uh, we are not going to pretend like we can agree to disagree about what is and isn't a secondary uh, matter because we see this as a primary matter. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of been my take. What do you think? Yeah, I, I noticed that right away, too, about Better Together. They, they put it on their, their website that, you know, we believe 
right? That, that we shouldn't be divided over non-salvific matters, right? So secondary matters. And it's really interesting, right? Because the other side is the side that calls for like this posture of listening and, and dialogue. Just, just listen, just listen to us. We need to keep having the conversation. We have to keep listening. It's like, well, well, you're not listening to us mm-hmm. because we don't believe this is a secondary matter. So you're already alienating us because you're either, either you're not listening to us or you're listening to us and you just don't care um, because this isn't a secondary matter to us. I mean, Paul's very clear that, you know, the, the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? Wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, so this, this is a matter of salvation that, that those who fail to repent of, of their sin, um, whether it be sins of sexual immorality, uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, um, yeah, we're, we're not, we can't, we can't partake of this because already we're, we're, we're not standing. We don't have the same framework and, and, and we don't believe this to be a secondary issue. Yeah. And that's, uh, like what you just said is also to use the the buzzword confessional. Like yeah. it's directly, I mean, not only, I mean, let's, I'm kind of getting tired of the confessional conversation on the one hand, it's biblical, right. which is, has more authority in our, in the CRC than our confessions anyways. Mm-hmm. But, but if you want to take two levels of authority, it's also in the Heidelberg catechism. I mean, right. Question answer 87. Can those who do not turn to God from their ungrateful and unrepentant ways, can they be saved? By no means. Scripture tells us that no unchaste person, dot, 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 I'll just go, will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? And so it goes on. It talks about idolaters, adulterers, thieves, covetous, drunkards, slander, but all of that. But but synod last year defined or didn't even define. It clarified. What we understand by the the word unchaste, and we talked about it in question and answer 108, I think is it is. Yeah, yeah. But that also, if it means the same thing in question and answer 108, it means that same thing in question and answer 87, that those who are practicing such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, confessionally, this is a salvific matter. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Jason, you're you're, you're being way too clear. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's idolatrous how clear you're being. <laughs> I just yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to jump back down the clear thing, but but that's the that that is super clear. It shouldn't even there should be zero confusion about this. That this is this is where in order to to go that the third way, we really have to change our confessions. Like, yeah. What we've been doing is saying, no, this is what we've always held. That's what Synod last year said. I hope that's what Synod this year says. Um, but if if they want to try to move in an affirming direction, then they need to change the Heidelberg Catechism. There needs to right. be a ton of confessional revision, gravamen coming. And uh, and it's and I think they also just need to realize it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I don't know. I don't know how Synod 2023 is going to go. I can't tell you exactly how that's all going to play out. But I've got a pretty good sense, I feel like, of the CRC. This is one of the things I do 
on my side time is interview pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church for this podcast. And I would say last year's votes, 70-30, are pretty representative of the entire denomination. And maybe this year it'll be a little different. I've been saying my my guess is going to be 66-33, you know, votes will maybe drop a little bit because there's been some counter movements yeah. trying to change some of that. But I don't think it's going to be that massive. Maybe at worst 60-40. Now, if I'm right. wrong, I'll, I'll repent publicly and say, I was wrong. I misread the Christian yeah. Reformed Church. But yeah. but I think this is who we are. And yep. we, we don't plan on changing on it. And so I think the faithful thing would be for the progressives to say, okay, you guys have made it clear. Here's who are, the denomination is. Now, you've also made it clear that we can't serve here in good conscience. All right. Right. That's the honest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With, with integrity. And my question, and this can kind of go to both of you actually. So we heard from the floor of Synod last year that, you know, younger people and people who are confused on these matters aren't looking for clarity. They're looking for belonging. Does that not beg the question? How can one know what he or she belongs to without clarity on these matters? I mean, otherwise, aren't you just kind of aimlessly muddling into a a, a big question mark? Yeah. Uh, To me, that that didn't make very much sense when I heard that from the floor. Yeah, I I don't think that's true at all, that that young people are simply looking for belonging. Um, I just I just heard. Actually, I, I was I was talking with someone from a church the other day and and they were saying that they were kind of challenged. Um because this young family visited their church and, and they said to them, you know, we're not looking to be entertained. We just want to hear the truth. Um, and it's interesting too, when I was at Calvin college, one of my interim courses was, it's called like church in the 21st century. And so every, for, for four weeks, every Sunday, um, we'd go to a different church. And so one church we went to was Fountain street church in Grand Rapids. And I don't know, if the two of you are familiar with that church, uh, but it's, it's a universalist church right in the heart of downtown Grand Rapids. And um, so we went there to, to observe and the, 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 I don't want to call him a pastor, but the, the, the guy who was giving the message, the talk prefaced his whole message on, yeah, some of our young people were asking me recently what we believe. Um, so it's like, hey, young people want to know the truth. Um, and, and to your point, Willie, right? I mean, how do you how do you know what you belong to if you don't know, you know, the group to which you belong, what they believe? And if it's just kind of kept ambiguous. Now, the other side isn't ambiguous about what they believe, um, but they want to make the Christian Reformed Church ambiguous about what it believes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest. Why is there such a level of belonging in the LGBTQ community and those who are affirming? Because there's clarity on what they believe and they're all yeah. in this together and they're all yep. marching together. Here's what we believe. Here's what we're fighting for. Here's what we're standing for. And that brings them together and it unites them. And they feel like they belong because they're walking alongside. They know what people believe. They know. Um, and there's just not honesty recognizing that the opposite is also true. I mean, 
If, if we can stand as a denomination, say, here's where we are. Here's what we believe. Come and join us if you believe. And if you don't want to agree with us, you can, there's other places yeah. to go. But yeah. Yeah. It's, people it's are it, looking for that. Right. It's interesting too. I think there was a recent article in the banner uh, by a guy named Sid Jansma. And it was talking about, right, like for the sake of the mission of the Christian Reformed Church, right? Like we have to stay together, right? Because, and then he quotes the Great Commission, right? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then it stops right there, right? So for the sake of making disciples, we have to, we have to stay together. And, and, and these divisions, we can't let them separate us. Like we got to be on we got to be on mission together and we can be on mission together. And yet, well, let's finish the rest of the great commission. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Mm-hmm. Right. So how can we as a denomination fulfill that great commission and go and make disciples of all nations when we'll say, yeah, you can, you can believe this. You can believe that we're iffy on what we're going to teach you to obey. You know, so it was it was an interesting place to stop, right, with with the Great Commission, right? But, right, Jesus says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. I I want there to be clarity as to what I've taught. Um, so yeah, you're right on the money. Well, and baptism too is is you know baptizing them, teaching them. I mean. And a lot of people yep. will point to that baptism thing and say, well, that's all about belonging, right? You're baptizing them into the, the covenant and the community. But like Jesus also used the language of baptism, to, uh, suffering. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more imagery to, to baptism. And and, and baptize it, baptism is a symbol of dying to our old self, rising again to new life Amen. in right. obedience to Christ. It's not just a belonging thing. Right. It's a little right. part. But there's there's much more to like dying to self, rising again, and and obeying obeying Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of confusion. I thought about this earlier in our conversation. Really, some of the things that I think every delegate at sit, coming to Synod 2023 is going to have to have really clear is uh, when we say unity, what do we mean? Yep. Um, and and when we say covenant that we're in covenant with one another. What does that mean? And yeah. and can we truly be in covenantal unity, which if you put those two words together, can we be in covenantal unity when we disagree on matters such as this? Yeah. Um, and so like, that's the, that's where we really need to have clarity on. Cause we can say unity, unity, and we can say covenant, covenant, but if we don't really know what they mean, that's not going to help us. And so we really need to have clarity on that. coming mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, that John 17 passage is, is quoted frequently, right? Christ's prayer um, for unity. And but yeah, we have, I think we have a different understanding of, of what unity is, or what, at least we're fighting for different types of unity, right? I think the other side is, is fighting for unity, um, right? They're fighting for us to be unified around an institution, they're fighting for us to be unified around a name that is the Christian Reformed Church. Um, and yet, right, like we're, we're fighting for, for us to be unified around a message, 
right? And that's what Jesus prays for, right? He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, right? Mm-hmm. And that message is the gospel. It's it's the person and the work of Christ. So we don't share the belief in the same message, if you ask me personally. Um, and so if, if, if we don't have unity in the message of the gospel and the person and work of Jesus Christ, uh, then we're not going to have unity of any kind and, yeah. and, and any, any kind that we apparently have is, is, is superficial and, and just false. Yeah. And I think that's where we, I think that's where my desire, not for the sake of destroying anything, but I just want, I've been trying to help people see this clearly, I guess would be the way to say that again, that, there is no unity right now. We can't say we need right. to keep unity. I mean, anybody who's actually got an understanding of what's happening in the denomination right now has to clearly see there is no unity. I mean, or just just go look at the overtures coming to synod right now. Yeah. And you've got like, they're on like opposite ends of the spectrum. We have overtures coming in where where people on both sides are going to say I can't believe someone would even ask for that or put a put you know like yeah. and like that's not unity that, no. there's it's massive division and disunity and I think we just need to see it we need to recognize it and we need to act wisely yeah. in in accordance with that and faithfully in accordance with that but let's stop fooling ourselves saying that we have unity now that's like right. saying there was unity before the reformation in the Catholic church, like the Catholic church was so united before the reformation. No, it wasn't. It was, it was, there was a false unity and the reformation just showed the division that was already there. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and it showed the, the lack of leadership that had led to all of that and the mess, you know, and, uh, and I think, uh, I think, you know, I think Synod 2022 and all of the stuff happening around that has just been, uh, uh, you know, apocalyptic, right? It kind of has revealed what actually is going on and has been going on in the CRC for a long time. It made it very clear that this division is here. And yep. uh, a lot of people didn't see it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but it's very clear now where we're at. And I think after Synod 2023, I think it'll even be clearer, I assume. And uh, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully then when, you know, uh, one of my favorite favorite lines, I don't remember if somebody told it, but it's always better to live in reality than to live in, you know, some fairy tale land. Right. And so once we yeah. can see clearly, this is the reality of our situation, then, then we can start making decisions accordingly. Yeah. And it'll be yeah. better for the church, you know, better for the denomination, better for yeah. the, in the pew. It'll be better for everyone for us to just everyone acknowledge where we're at, make decisions accordingly. Yeah. And, yeah. It's freeing. Clarity is freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what uh, what what committee are you serving on at Synod? Uh, I'm on synodical services. Okay. So is that committee one? Yeah, committee one. Yeah, okay. committee one. So yeah. there's we don't have a whole lot of work to do from my reading of it. We have a, a couple over maybe three overtures and uh, a communication from Mincota. Okay. Which, you know, let's talk about unity, right? I mean, even even with um, women in office, right? I mean, you still see there's there's division because because what look what's coming 
to, to our advisory committee is um, there's, I forget the classes that's sending it, but it's a classes that's essentially overturing synod, not to read basically Minn Kota's protests mm-hmm. to the seating of women in office. Mm-hmm. And then there's a communication from Minn Kota as to why they do that. And um, right. So it goes to show that you can, you can, say local option and we're still unified and it's like, well, look at this, the divisions are still here. Yep. And, and it's like, and, and the reality is, is, is if for the, for complementarians, how else are they supposed to faithfully hold to their convictions at um, Senate or classes and not right. When they don't believe that women are to be seated, they don't believe that women are to hold those offices right that that's how they faithfully yeah uphold their convictions as they go and protest yeah and, and and that's the reality of 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 the decision that the denomination made and yeah so and the fact that people can't see that again you, you mentioned it really and I want to highlight that again you mentioned the the group that's saying we need to listen we need to listen we need to listen actually isn't listening right to the conservative <laughs> voice yeah. cuz yeah if if they were good with listening, they would have no problem with with Minn Kota protesting it every time because we're listening. We want to hear what you yeah. what you have to say, but they but they don't, and they don't want to listen because they don't really understand that. I mean, if if you really get in the 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 minds of those who who are strong complementarians on this, like even to be present at synod with uh you know with women pastors and all of that like it feels like that's a breach of conscience right and so i think yeah. like pe- people get all wound up about that and think you're crazy and whatever but it's like then you don't really understand their their yeah. position you don't really understand where they're at and so like this minor little protest that gets read at the beginning of synod for like 30 seconds is actually like they're compromising by doing that rather than taking other action, you know? And so, uh, it's, uh, like, I want to encourage people. I know pretty much no progressives listen to my podcast unless they're doing research on me to get angry about something. But, (laughs) but if they were, I would say like, listen to the conservatives, like actually understand where we're at. Um, because, um, that would, that would help you understand things a little bit better. Right. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, we've got total division in our, in the denomination. And um, what do you think, like, what, what do you think the the path forward is then to see, to see some, some real unity in the Christian reformed church and, uh, and healing and health begin to kind of happen here? Well, yeah, I mean, I think as we've been talking about to have real unity, we have to be clear and we have to, uphold our confessional standards and our confessional standards we believe faithfully reflect um, the revelation of scripture and what it teaches and so when those confessional standards are compromised and broken then we have to to deal with it and um and so yeah you know with regards to sexual morality and same-sex marriage there's there's we can't we can't agree to disagree and so i think we have to come to this place where we acknowledge that a separation is necessary and i think 
it doesn't have to necessarily be bitter and, you know, hostile. Um, I think you can have a gracious separation perhaps. Um, but yeah, I think we just got to get clarity and, 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 and recognize, listen, these are where the, these are where the boundaries are drawn. And if you're in them, you're in, if you're not in them, then, then, then you're not. And right. I think for myself and for my church, you know, if, if things went another way, we would find ourselves outside of the boundary lines. And I'd like to think, I know personally for myself, I, I'd walk away because again, this isn't, this isn't the denomination for me. I can't uh, subscribe to these standards that have been set. And so I think we just have to acknowledge that it's, it's time to separate if, if with these two positions, these two positions are just untenable and we have to separate and we can do that gracefully. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see, um, you know, I can see synod, uh, this synod, synod 2023 being a synod about, you know, kind of clear last synod was a, a drawing of boundary lines and there have been a lot of people questioning whether that was appropriate. And so yeah. I see synod 2023 being another opportunity to redraw boundary lines and not like not widen them, but just kind of double down on the boundary yeah. lines that were drawn last year. I, I I'm kind of, I think a lot of people, even, even progressives are seeing that this, this separation is coming. Yeah. And so well, I think yeah. we just need to really be honest about it and figure out like here, we're going to draw the boundary lines again. And now let's figure out, mm-hmm. uh, let's figure out the path forward. And and nobody, I don't, I don't know of any, I just want to make sure people realize this. I don't know of a single conservative CRC pastor that wants to make this a bitter fight and be no. like retributive. We just, we want to have clarity. We want to move forward. And to be honest, I think we're all ready. Like we're done having this fight over and over and over yeah. again. So yeah. let's find clarity. Let's try to send people off to be able to, to do what they, you know, serve in good conscience in another place. Let's, let's do that. Right. Um, let's move forward um, in, in, yeah. In health where we're at. Yep. Agreed. And then I would say, for future synods, I would encourage people to start thinking about that. You know, you mentioned, you know, we want, we see clarity as being an important part of, of unity. And so I think this synod can give us some of that clarity again for boundary markers. But, but I want to encourage us to think for future synods. Um, I think in order for the CRC to be healthy, we need clarity from our leadership as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, we need our yeah. leaders to be able to come out and clearly say, here's who we are as a denomination. Here's where we're heading. Here's what our confessions say. Here's what's yes. in and out. Um, and I feel like, you know, and I, I, I actually do appreciate most of these, these men who've been in leadership. I, I you know, I, I get accused of criticizing them too much. I get that. But I think part of the reason where we're at right now is because we have not had clarity from leaders either. There's been right. a lot yeah. of ambiguity and that's filtered down into ambiguity and people are really confused by that. And yeah. uh, we've relied on ambiguity to try to stay out of controversy and yeah. try to take that middle way. And you never, you never get out of controversy. No. Anything you say is always going to be controversial when you're a leader. So we just need to yep. clearly lead in, in a direction. And I think that's necessary as well. Yep. Um, moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. 
you know, at all levels, um, from the pastors, from, you know, those who are overseeing, you know, denominational agencies. Um, I mean, we all need to be unified around our confessional standards and otherwise, yeah, we're going to keep, keep fighting and over these, over these things. And it's just not helpful for, it's not helpful for our local ministries. Um, so. Or for mission, right? Or for or mission. For yeah. Moving forward. I, I, uh, that's been one of the big things talking to a lot of, uh, we had interviewed, I don't remember how long ago that was. It was quite a while ago. Now we interviewed Jesse Walhoff, um, you know, and he's been an outreach pastor. He's on the streets doing evangelism and everything. And he's mm-hmm. saying, actually having clarity on where you're at, what you believe, why you believe it, that actually helps, helps reach. Oh, the yeah. lost. It helps us bring on mission. Um, it, it helps with all that stuff. The ambiguity people are tired. They feel like it's a bait and switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're well, trying to manipulate yeah. them. And the reality is, is, is say a better way prevails, right? And and we go to local option. You know, I don't, uh, we as a denomination become affirming of same-sex marriage and sexual morality. So I can't, I can't go um, minister or, or evangelize to people here in Holland and be like, you know, hey, our, our, if they were to ask me, well, where does your denomination stand on, on, on sexual immorality? I'd have to tell them, you know, like, yeah, we allow it. My church doesn't, but my denomination allows it. Right. So right. it's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna draw people in. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a really good point just, just for evangelism and, 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 and outreach. We need clarity. That's right. And and clarity coming from the top all the way down to the yep. bottom. Um, yeah. Help us on mission, help us with evangelism, help us with most of our ills. Um, yep. Well, we're coming to the close here, Darren. And, and one of the things we always give everybody an opportunity is to kind of give a final word of encouragement or challenge, or uh, we've got pastors listening to this and elders sure. and deacons and lay leaders and in here, like what would be your kind of final words of encouragement to them? Um, yeah, I think obviously the encouragement, the, the, the call and, and the challenge is, is to just keep for pastors, especially, and, and for elders and, and, and church leaders is, is just to make sure that we're preaching the word faithfully, um, preaching the gospel week in and week out. And, you know, that's how God preserves his people. That's how God sanctifies his people i think that's that's how god brings about renewal and and right and renews our hearts and our minds it's through the preaching of the word and and to be constantly in prayer um i think you know what paul says to timothy in uh second timothy four right it's his final charge and he says in the presence of god and of christ jesus who will Judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And I think, right, so there's the charge. Preach the word faithfully. Preach the gospel week in, 
week out. Um, use it to correct, use it to rebuke, use it to encourage. And then, right. But remember it says with great patience. Um, and so, yeah, it can be discouraging. I know I get discouraged at times and just see like, feel like you're not seeing any fruit. Um, and yet I think that's, that's the devil trying to trick us and, and deceive us. Yeah. But with great patience, you know, let, let the Lord do his work through his ordinary means of grace, through his, through his word and through his sacrament and through the prayers of the people. And so my, my encouragement, and, and I have to encourage myself with this daily, right? Just trust and believe in the ordinary means of grace. Uh, trust and believe in the preaching of the word. Trust and believe in, in, in the sacraments administered in the prayers of the people. And, and God will do immeasurably more, I believe, than, than all we can ask or imagine. That's all we have for this week. If you want to help us out and support the Messy Reformation, another thing you can do is head on over to themessyreformation.com, look in the menu bar and find Join the Reformation. By clicking on that, you can sign up for our newsletter where you'll get episodes sent right directly to your email inbox, and it will give us the opportunity to communicate with our audience, which is one of the biggest struggles of a podcast. So head on over there and sign up for our newsletter. Now, stay tuned for our next episode with some final reflections from Jason right before he heads off for Synod. But until then, don't forget this is Christ Church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation.